Okay. We are careful, Ben. Copyright. <laughs> yeah, 10 seconds. Uh, made it. All right. So uh, we are going to be talking about the next two Mission Impossible films, Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. If you have not seen any of these films, please go away and come back. Go see them or whatever. Or, you know okay, what? They've been up for a while. But Ben, <laughs> how could you? I'm kidding. Um, so uh, full spoilers for both of these movies. So let's get right into it with Mission Impossible 3. I'll go um, first. Well, hold on. I want to. Oh. I got some context and some credits to give real quickly. Um, uh, directed by J.J. Abrams in 2006. Uh, written by J.J. Abrams, Alex Kurtzman, and a name we haven't heard in a long time, Roberta Orsi. Um, this is after Orsi and Kurtzman uh, had written The Island uh, for Michael Bay. But mm. this was. But this is director J.J. Abrams feature debut because he had been directing tv episodes up until this point including alias which is why he got this job right uh because tom cruise really liked alias oh and they also did the legend of zorro prior to this or saint kersman but it was the legend of zorro and the island and then this came out womp 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 um and uh i do want to mention this real quickly about this this has the lowest box office of the series and the reviews were generally positive, but they didn't. But a lot of the more uh, critical reviewers really didn't like this movie because they felt tired of the Mission Impossible franchise. They, uh, they have said in a post-Born world, because Born Identity and Born Supremacy had come out, word, why do we need this? Why we don't need Mission Impossible? And how interesting have things have changed? <laughs> That's definitely I I get that as a time frame review. Right. Whereas like the Bourne movies are so hot, and those movies are really cool, and it's like doing like the fast cuts and like not yeah. so much like just like the the big James Bondy spy stuff. So like I get that, especially uh, is this before or after Casino Royale too? It is after Casino Royale. So after Casino Royale, which is again more Bourne esque, Bourne esque. Yeah. I think maybe people, even though this is a good movie, it's not the greatest movie ever made. So I think people were more critical than probably they needed to be. I think, I think you're right because, you know, Mission Impossible 2 was not well received yeah. and people were, and then in between this, you had these two highly successful action films and the Bourne films. And you, and then you come up with this and I think people are just like, Oh, this is trite. I've seen this before. People were also down on Tom Cruise at the time. So Her that, that, yeah, that happened po just during production of during that production, but um, during a, um, uh, press for this movie and then a lot after this movie which I'll get into for Ghost Protocol but yeah that's uh, that is a factor here anyway what do we think about this one uh, Ben really desperately wants to go first so I'll let him yeah. do that uh, the last time I saw the first time I saw this movie and also the last time I saw this movie it was on Stars, and I thought it was cool Rewatching it again yo this movie's great I loved this movie I had a blast with this movie. I want to say that the reason why I had a lot of fun with this movie is because of Philip Seymour Hoffman and how much of an evil bastard he plays. And he's not like that maniacal. I don't know why, but there are times when villains like you have a Jason Momoa type of villain who was completely unhinged, off the walls, ready to rock and roll. And then you have the more calm, collected villain in a, um, Phyllis Seymour Hoffman in MI3 who was just cold, calculating, doesn't give a damn, very rarely raises his voice. And it's just like, ooh, 
I hate you, but I love you at the same time. And also something I liked is I, I really enjoyed is Ethan fighting for something. I mean, yes, he's fighting to, to stop this rabbit's foot. He's trying to he's trying to avenge his friend whom he trained and watched die right in front of him, but also trying to save his wife. And I really like that that Ethan is not just um, doing like, oh, I need to have a mission for me. Like the first mission possible. Oh, I was disavowed. I need to do this. Or even in two is like, I just need to do this for me. He's doing this for someone else. I mean, granted, it's going to save the entire world. Yes. But his main driving point is Phil um, Davin has my wife. I need to get her back and I will do it by any means necessary. Okay, I want to cut you off there because you're going into a full review. Um, So, Ryan. I think this is a pretty awesome movie. Um, did you mention the music? I don't know if you mentioned the music. Michael Giacchino. Okay, I'm just taking sure. Um, he worked with J.J. Abrams on Lost because Giacchino did all of Lost. Uh, uh, he brought him over here, which is music is phenomenal. Uh, this is great. It's definitely not my favorite Mission Impossible, but it's certainly, I mean, not, I don't think any of them are honestly bad. I'm, I'm the most positive on two of all of us. But like, this is another really good one. I think it's great. Like, it definitely feels like the most clean, like Hollywood produced movie. Uh, like I definitely see all of J.J. Abrams all over it, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good, like kind of like a clean slate, like, hey, we're going to relaunch the franchise in a way, even though I think they're doing that again with the next one in a way. Um, but I think it's a good time at the movies. Sparks? Yeah, I really, really like this one. Um, I think this is where Ethan really gets defined as a character. And like, not that the first one didn't give him a lot of character stuff, but we are with him for like... Uh, in a way where he's just kind of the guy on the outs and he's so isolated for a lot of it. And even then, like when we do encounter characters, like it's the first time we're watching him spend time with Luther. We're also, you know, it's not like we're seeing a lot of his relationships and how he engages with them because most of the people he's encountering are people who he's either encountering for the first time or he's not on the, on like good standing with. Mm -hmm. And then two just kind of doesn't have who Ethan is between this, that film and this film present in it as a character. Like I, it's one of my reasons I said I rub up against two is because like looking back on it, I'm like, I just don't see Ethan in this role the same way I see him in one and three. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like here, I feel like I really feel like I I'm connected to who Ethan is as a character. And like, where he fits into the story, where he fits into IMF, all that feels very crystal clear and uh, well brought to life in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree 100% Sparks. This, I love this movie. I love this movie. I think this movie rules. This is the first Mission Impossible movie I saw. A uh, quick anecdote. Uh, I saw it with my dance teacher at the time. Um, and we uh, and it was at old theater and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. We and saw it uh, We did? Mm-hmm. Maybe you were there. I was there. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Um, yeah, I really, really like this movie. I still do. I think it's got one kind of major problem that kind of keeps it from being like really great. But we'll get into it. Um, uncredited cameo for this movie. Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. They're in this movie. <laughs> mm, neat. Um, OK, so let's get let's let, let's where, where, where do we almost start with this one? Uh, Hoffman is incredible. Yes. Uh, ben is correct. I think Hoffman remains one of the strongest of the villain. I won't say the strongest, but the strong one of the strongest of the villain performances in the Mission Impossible franchise. Certainly, like compared to our previous two, like this guy's just giving it. I'm going to hurt her. Uh, uh, I told Ryan, I'm like, there's a world where Hoffman played Wilson Fisk that I would have loved to have seen. Oh. Um and like he's he's just he's just it was so smart. I think the smartest thing this movie does is start with a scene 
that comes later in the film, which mm-hmm. is the scene where he's got Ethan to the chair. And we yeah. get Hoffman and him on the on the odds against each other right from the jump. We get what that relationship is going to be it is the driving force of the narrative of this film. Even though we don't know how we get there, it, it sets you up so well to care about everything that comes after. I think that was such a smart decision to make in the edit of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful. It's frankly, I think, one of the best performed scenes from Tom Cruise in this franchise. Yeah. And from Hoffman. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like the way they play with each other. Uh, they are electric. Yeah. This is really, really great enemy chemistry. I really like them together in that scene. I think that sequence is incredible. Um, oh, yeah. I also made the same note that it, this is probably the best we've seen Tom Cruise as Ethan. And uh, what I love about Hoffman in this, what he does for this role is he's very subdued, right? He's not big. He's not like, ben, you know, Ben said it succinctly. Like, you know, he's not... Uh, on the surface, you wouldn't really see a lot of acting going on, but he is able to bring this character down to a more mellow and frankly, more terrifying place mm-hmm. uh, because he never, like Ben said, he never raises his voice. And when he does, you listen. Yeah. He, and he being like being this character, like this, like world, like world, world arms dealer, like you are someone who lives in the shadows. So like it, it, it pays to be, to be small, you know, he, he's a yeah. larger person, but it pays to be small in, you know, in personality. So like, uh, uh, people know him, they know how threatening he is, but like, he's never, he's never going to make a scene. Like he just wants to get in and out of there. You know, he's not flashy. He's there to do a job. Uh, and he will do whatever it takes to finish that job and he'll kill anyone he has to. Uh, and he won't be loud about it, which again, is cool. I like that. Yeah. He always feels the, in control. One of the scenes that actually really got me was when, um, and this is much later on in the movie, so if you want me to stop, just let me know. But it's one to see, but it's a very easy scene where all you hear is is Hoffman's voice. And it's after they kidnap Julia from the hospital. And when Ethan's on the phone, and for some reason, just when Hoffman said, Don't threaten me, just don't you right. listen. A simple line delivery, nothing there, like no sharp tongue, like no sharpness added to his words. Just like the second he says, Don't threaten me. And just that, I don't know what it was, but I was like, if I felt that if I was in Eden's position, I shut the hell up and listen. Well, he's not Shakespearean. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the things that's really interesting is even before that in the in the plane interrogation. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Hoffman, after being after bringing after being brought up, he just says, I'm going to find I'm going to find your wife I'm and I'm going to kill her, Ethan. Yeah. And it's so subdued and it's so there's no one there's very little inflection. It's terrifying yeah. because you're like, oh, shit. Well, after he spent the first part of the scene, like Ethan going and, you know, Ethan's good. Even if you haven't watched the previous films, you know, Ethan's good at his job. He's yeah. basically what's so fun for Tom Cruise. I think in this one is he's kind of set up to be Superman in this movie. Like he is perfect. Uh, that's the implications of who he is as an agent. He is mm-hmm. the top tier perfect guy um and when he's doing an interrogation it never goes this way and all he's getting back from him he's like why don't you tell me your name yeah tell me who you are um and that is so frustrating for ethan and i think that is part of what to to ben's point like he says it then and he says it again when he's holding the gun on julia basically to the effect of like don't don't tell me bullshit that you're not going to do and that you're not going to be able to do because he's always, in, like Ryan said, he's always in control. And he's just like, like, he always has this air that he is 
in control yeah. and hoffman is so good at playing he the, he is so no nonsense and like compare who I, I like the the ghost protocols villain too but that guy is very shakespearean he loves to be up on a stage and monologue about the end of the world and shit right, right. hoffman would never do that or, or uh uh D- D- davian 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 he, yeah he's like again like he's just like I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna kill your whole family. Right. Like this is like I like I should have been in Moscow four hours ago. You know what I mean? Like this is you're just getting in my way. This is I don't want to do this. It's one of those rare times that I think like Hoffman brought to life something that he adds something that the script wants to say he is, but a lot of other scripts have said this too and not had the performers bring it the same way, which is where you are told that the villain is untouchable in the minds of the agency in the minds of the good guys you cannot get to this guy and he plays a character who knows that yes 100 percent knows that and has no fear because of mm-hmm. it yeah. and that doesn't happen a lot in these kinds of performances and he elevates the material of this script by doing so and i do want to shout out because we're talking about hoffman one of the best things hoffman does in this movie is actually when he's playing ethan yes yeah I his eyes and his face and his manners that he's Ethan. Yeah. It's really good. It's really, really good. His inflection yeah. changes, too, where yeah. he talks more like Tom Cruise. Yeah. When he's doing the pointing, I'm like, I've seen Tom Cruise do that. Yeah. Like, he's captured Tom Cruise completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the ghost protocol at the beginning. Yes. He's doing that. Yeah, when he's doing that, <laughs> it's just, you, you, you see Tom Cruise in Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it's incredible. Yeah. Like, he is very good. The, the transition, real sorry, real quick, Ben, when uh, when Tom Cruise is putting the, the Hoffman face on, and there's a quick pan of, like, it cuts, oh it's, like, God, it's, so it's like a fade of black of somebody's back of their head, and it's and it's just Hoffman it's not, there, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. It, it, they do go around his back, but, like, you're still seeing the loose, like, yes. latex pieces, it's, it's and such they a are formed perfect, on, and then all of a sudden it's Hoffman. It's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Such no, a good, oh, okay. Like that whole scene where Tom Cruise is playing—I mean, it's Hoffman, but it's Hoffman playing Tom Cruise as Hoffman. It reminds me of the Helena Bonham Carter watching Emma Watson play Helena Bonham Carter, so she can be her. You know, it's that scene yes. from Harry Potter um, Seven, or when she's going to the bank when they're going to the bank vault at yeah. Gringotts. Um, it's very much like that. But even then, just even while watching this, I was I, there. Are parts, parts of me while I'm watching this, I. I I'm thinking, I know that's Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I still feel that's Tom Cruise and it works. The manhole bit, the hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. It's so, what's up with you? It's so good. Or even when they're um <laughs> even when they're like they when they park the before they go into the Vatican, they park the car and they're all yelling at each other in Italian, and then the okay. and then the other guy goes like, Hey, it's fine, and all the other car drivers are like, Oh yeah, it's okay. There's, um there's just like no world, I feel, where they wouldn't have written a longer scene of of Ethan pretending to be Davian had they known how good Hoffman would be at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish it went on for longer. He's so good. I would love if there was like a whole deleted scene. Yeah, just, like a yeah. whole just bit of him having to pretend to be Davian and like Hoffman just nailing it. Yeah. Um, the the cla- one of my favorite lines is she's like, oh, as um, uh, Zen was she saying, oh, it's such a nice car. Blow it. Yeah, she didn't want to blow up the, the Lamborghini. I do, I do love seeing Maggie Q. Yeah, so uh, uh, we got a crew. We got we got our we got Ving Rings back coming back. Uh, we got Simon Pegg joining the crew. He's he's not much in this. He's not in this movie a lot. I forgot that he starts as just like a dude he goes to talk to. I forgot that. That's really fun. But he's uh, got but he's got the talking through at the end. At scene, the end, yeah, yeah, which is good. I love, I like our, I like our crew a lot. Yeah. Um, Aaron Paul's in this movie. 
He is. It's, this is Breaking Bad time, so he's just he's just Jason Jesse Pinkman. Ben's like where he's Ethan's brother-in-law, bro. You know the guy at the party, the like, yo bitch. The, oh, the guy who's just Jesse Pinkman at the party. You know, it's, it was the hair because he grew his hair out. I'm used to Jesse Pinkman having a shaved head, so I, that's why. I want to talk about the 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 party sequence, which is why I brought up Aaron Paul because uh, Greg Grunberg is also in that in that sequence, sure. and he, yeah, I love the. I love the bit when he's when he's talking when he's like so bored at Tom Cruise and the ladies are like I'd marry him. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's a per- I, he's 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 the perfect man. That party scene establishes like the perfect man. He's a atten- <laughs> he listens. He's attentive. He cares absolutely. Yeah. I I really like that scene because it shows it shows a really good side of Ethan. Right, like it shows him his domestic side. Also, if we find out in that sequence that his mom has passed be- in between one and two, in between one and three. Sorry yeah. for your yeah. loss. Yeah. Um, and I really, and I, I just really like that sequence and it sets up his new superpower, which is reading lips. Um, and I, it's it's a really excellent sequence to set up this new part, this new Ethan. And it gets us to really like Julia. I think I really like Julia in this movie. And that sequence is part of the reason why, like you feel that they are in love, that they are married, that Ethan's not doing this for any other reason than he loves her. Yeah. Right. Michelle Monaghan is just a, a really naturally charismatic person. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything that like I've always loved her in anything she's in. I, I always go to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. Yes, and I'm like she is just just again naturally just like flows charisma. So like any anything she's I'm always happy to see her. And like she does have great chemistry with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, ben, can you bring up Dan's comment real quick? Yes, I can. Dan's saying fun fact with the Harry Potter scene. They, that's probably also true of this. They filmed it three times. Helena Bonham Carter did the scene. Then Emma did an impression of her and then Helena Bonham Carter did the impression of the impression. That's fun. I, I really that. love that. That's cool. I, there's definitely an amount where like Hoffman clearly did the work on analyzing how Tom Cruise performs um, because he captured him incredibly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I will. I will say like I, I'm agreeing completely with what Brandon and Ryan are saying. Like Michelle Monaghan and my investment in her relationship with Ethan is so strong that I remember when we got to Ghost Protocol and she wasn't in the beginning of the movie. Uh, and and then for a while, like we're waiting to like, oh, they just like split up. That really sucks because they yes. were really committed to each other. And that you know how the rest yeah. of that movie plays out, we'll talk about it. But like, it bummed me out because I really really liked them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it's it's tough. And I they, it is also a credit I think to both of them as performers to make you really deeply care about them pretty much by the end of that party scene. You're invested in both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. It doesn't take long, and they get you there. And you kind of feel when, sorry, Ben, real quickly, you kind of feel it when uh, Ethan, you know, he has to go back, he has to go on this trip to to save Carrie Russell. And you kind of see, because they're leaning into the, the Incredibles trope, right? It's not the Incredibles trope, they've done it before, but like that Mr. and Mrs. Smith trope of like, oh, you don't know what I'm, you don't know what I'm really doing. And I've got to lie to you to go on this vacation real quickly. He's um, a secret superhero. Yeah, and I and so I, I really, I really like how they play that, and I like how they set up that Ethan is retired. He didn't yeah. intend to. He like he was never intending to lie to her. It was like just never going out in the field again. Yeah, he's a train. He's trained trainer agents. only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Top Gun Maverick. Ethan Hunt. Billy Crudup's in this. Billy yes, Crudup's I forgot. I I remember he was in it. I didn't remember he was a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was fun. I legitimately was like for a minute was like, oh, Lawrence Fishburne is the bad guy, right? Yeah, me too. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he was the bad guy, and then in my brain's like, he's not though. 
Yeah, no, especially I, because he plays that scene like, you look at me with those judgmental eyes all you want, but I will bleed on the flag to make sure the stripes stay red. Yes! Like, which is such a good bit, but with yeah. the context that Ethan's supposed to have, you're like, oh, he's so bad. It's a good, it's a good uh, <laughs> mix-up. It's good. Oh, no, it was definitely one of those things because the whole time I'm thinking is like, it can't be Lawrence Fishburne, can it? Oh, like that scene with like the judgmental eyes and bleeding on the flag. I was like, yeah, it probably is though. And then the real like, oh, I should have seen this coming, but damn it, movie, you got me. I really love because we talked about the the line. Uh, my favorite line is when he is when Lawrence Fishburne says in response to Ethan Hunt, "It's unacceptable that chocolate makes you fat." But I, <laughs> sorry, I've gotten, um, but I've had my fair share. And guess what? Yeah, he's he's bringing so much. Um, uh, in other news, water wet yeah, uh, yeah. energy to this performance. Um, it genuinely makes me sad that Lawrence Fishburne didn't at least come back for Protocol. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I really wish, like, even if he was the one who got shot in Protocol, we'll get there. Uh, I, I still kind of wish he was the one who came back because, like, I really like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this role, uh, as small as it is. We have just just but, a really good cast in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just realized who played Protocol, who played the secretary in Protocol because the whole time I'm... We'll get to it. Well, we'll get to it, but still, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I, I blinked on that. This is this is um, a crazy good cast, and I think everyone is very good in it. I think the the kind of... I've been thinking a lot about your mom's comment, uh, Sparks, about how Mission Impossible is meant to be about a team and not just one person. I really and thought very, that sentence was going somewhere else. Also so. did. <laughs> I'm really what? glad. I, I've really been thinking about your mom. <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about the comment that your mom said. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, where it's talking about how where she was talking about how Mission Impossible is it's a team it's not one person and very much so is in the first two films is very much the Ethan show right but here we really even though Sandra Oh and and Iris do don't don't Declan Maggie Q Maggie Q and what was the Irish I think you correct me about the Irish dude no uh, Jonathan um, Reese Myers nope uh, uh, Jonathan Reese Myers I got yeah right. Jonathan Reese Myers I'm uh, going so man those two don't get a lot to do but i'm invested in them i enjoy their i enjoy them they're, they 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 work off of tom cruise and Ving rams really well and what i think and what i think this movie does very very well is give luther strickler such a good character arc in relation to ethan like you were you feel their relationship in this movie i love them in the first two movies but there's there's not a lot that Ving Rhames really gets to do, but here we have so many scenes where it's just the two of them bonding. Yeah, talking. About, I love that. Like, how hard it is to have a have a have a love life as a spy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I really love Luther, their scenes together. I married her yesterday. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love really, those. They're really good, and I really like. Um, this is the this is the point right where we get Luther as voice of reason for Ethan. Yes, um, because that's the point where he's throwing Damien out of the plane, and he's cutting the the belts, and Luther's like, Ethan, this isn't the way. This is not like. And Luther is the guy who pulls like we we knew on some level eventually Ethan was going to need that guy, and Luther is that guy. Yeah, um, and this really is the first time we really see him fulfill that role. Right. I really like that. Well, we kind of get in the first film, which sets it up really nicely. Like it doesn't come out of left field that this is who this person would be to Ethan. Right. Um, I really like the bit where when he does the stunt in this movie, which is the jumping off of the building and swinging over. Uh, I really like the bit where where he made it. I knew he'd make it. Yeah, I yeah. knew he'd make it. 
I knew it. Uh, I, I, since we're talking about stunts, one of my favorites, I, I still love the bit where um, the missile comes down on the bridge and Tom Cruise gets blown into the side oh, of the yeah. car. Oh. It's a great stunt I still shot. remember that like, like, like from the trailer and like, oh, yeah, damn, yeah. this movie is going to be real. Um, and that whole scene's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's really solid action in this one. Um, uh, I think they use it sparingly yeah. and well. Yeah. Like the yeah. opening, the opening um, rescue action scene uh, is really well done. Like, like how they get out and like uh, the escape methods really fun. All the team having to work together and stuff. And and this is like when Orsai and Kurtzman are doing well with their job, right? Because we get a lot of good setup stuff that pays off later. We brought up the lip syncing, uh, sorry, the lip reading yep. uh, that Ethan can do, yep. and that comes up again with Billy Crudup later. That's how uh, he's able to get important information. Yes. Um. So that's really important. You get the bomb in the brain, and the bomb in the brain eventually comes back around uh all yeah. that kind of stuff like and how they were going to try to save her but they didn't get to has to use a similar tactic uh at the end of the film i think that they do a lot of good like setup payoff in this one mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that yeah. don't forget the off yeah um that's my favorite that's my favorite bit when he's talking when he's talking um julia through the gun and he's testing the thing and he's just like and he's just like just turn it on and off don't forget the off Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Carrie Russell bomb moment, uh, I, I've never forgotten how I felt when I watched her eyeball go oh, sideways yeah. in the theater. It's that wild. Was, that was rough. It's 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 there's some that that's a rough death, like really mm-hmm. like horrific. Um, because of that, we're on because on that sequence. Um, one of the things I think Abrams does not great in this movie, uh, which is something he completely backs away from later on in his career, is how close he is. In, on the camera when we're in the interior shots of the, specifically the helicopter and the car later later on a lot of movement and it makes it very difficult to kind of follow that action for me and i kind of wish we had studied the camera a bit more sure he's a little tight in this movie in a way that you're right like he definitely isn't later in his career we got like on the on one of the scenes where he's talking with hoffman where like they're being cut yeah. like right at the chin and and the top and i'm like i get that that can be an artistic choice i just yeah. don't think it's working well next is star trek right after this next is star trek and yeah. i like star trek a lot so i don't i don't i also haven't seen it a while but i don't remember the camera being a problem with that one i think no it's not he yeah, gets yeah. a lot wider out and I don't think that this ever comes up again yeah, yeah. honestly in his film no I, I argue with that it is very like we're very tight in the shots yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some really good tension sequences like in that sequence when we're when we're watching the um, the the timer for the defibrillator uh, go down and you're like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it and then the and then that um, and it's not like loud it's just like a little tss, yeah and you're like oh she's yeah. fine but then you see your eyeball yeah it, it's yeah, really it's, it's really horrific yeah this, this movie shows what you can do with I mean yes you have grand things but also the little things matter like um, the Fer- Agent Ferris's death I mean we were talking about it but yeah it's not this grand like I don't want to it's not like the grand like blo- complete head explosion you know like gore blood splatter everywhere it's it's simple it's just and she's fine one second and then the next her eyes are all going weird and you can tell she's dead and it's yeah. very painful it's heartbreaking to see that yeah. and then later on you see um ethan training her and how that yay you're like a little sister it's like oh that's no wonder he's so cavalier on this did you have sex with your little sister there's uh. something so um i i don't think this is intentional i just think it's funny but there's something so cortana from halo reminiscent to me about the way carrie russell's 
like it's it's like when master chief is remembering things cortana says Mm -hmm. in my head of like how you'll get like a little bit of flashback and the voiceover lingers over and it's like do you think i'm ready Mm, or like whatever it is and i'm like oh god this is such halo it's It's like it's very of its time in that moment i think it's very funny yeah um i don't think that's intentional i just think it's like that moment in time yeah yeah Um, but i i I, I definitely get it now as you were explaining it i was like oh yeah yeah you felt that vibe entirely Yeah. yeah Um, I'll highlight my two problems with the film. Um, one is uh, it's not really a this film problem. This is kind of a the franchise problem, I think, until a little later on. Um, it's even in Ghost Protocol, which is that Ghost Protocol is a little better about it. We, every time we're getting a little better, but um, our, our side lady characters, specifically our side ladies of color, um, not really getting a lot of character stuff. Um, now, to be fair, Jonathan Reese Myers also doesn't get a lot in this movie, but Maggie Q, not a full in, fully engaged character. Yeah. Um, we talked about the anyway Newton last time, not a fully engaged character. Uh, and we'll talk about it again in ghost protocol where, where I think it's a better, but it's not great. Thank God they didn't kill Maggie Q in this movie. Yes. I was really happy. Cause then like that. all the women will just be kidnapped or murdered. I know you God. were, I know you were nervous about, uh, I think you brought it up or someone else who was watching with us. I think that they thought Maggie Q was the one under Julia's mask. It was me. Yeah. And yeah. like, that would have really sucked if that was true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. My um, the other the other thing I'll just bring up really quickly is like it's been a while since I saw this one, but for some reason the pacing of this movie felt too long. Hmm. Um, for me, I felt like the movie went on just a little long. I w- I did have a moment where I was like, "Man, this movie's going." Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. I felt it. My I don't know if I necessarily do, but because we're voicing these things, I'll say that my biggest problem with this movie is that it just kind of ends. And I think it's good. And I think that there's nothing really here that's necessarily bad, but it's just Carrie Russell, not Carrie Russell. Um, oh, sh- Michelle Monaghan shoots Billy Crudup, which I think is a weird choice in general. And then it's over. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, oh, oh, that's it. OK, I guess. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think that. I think that part of what it is, is the extra time we have to take for Ethan to go get the rabbit's foot. And oh, yeah, the rabbit's and while I'll say, like, I kind of like that we don't actually see what happens in the building and then we just get um, I can't get out. Look up, look up, look up. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. Bit, but there is a part where I'm like, it probably would have been simpler if Davian already had the rabbit's foot and Ethan got one of them off the bridge, not Davian, but the rabbit's foot. And so mm. he has it. And now it's just setting up the drop and getting us to the end of the film, because like doing the whole heist thing in Shanghai is a little cumbersome. I, I, I will not, I don't totally agree about the pacing, but I do agree. There's like one additional thing. Like I didn't have a problem with long it is, but I do feel like something we could have trimmed some of it. Yeah. Like I liked everything in it. But yeah, I, I, I saw I a good time watching it, but I was like, I definitely started to feel a little like that. No, you feel like there's like, there's a new scene introduced. Like, Oh, I didn't realize we have more of this to do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, I have an insert aside into what, into what Sparks was talking about, specifically the moment with, you know, rewind and, and add an asterisk, which is when you're talking about when he is, when he, got the rabbit's foot he's like i can't get to the roof look up look up look up it was tom cruise this one i really know is that tom cruise is really good at this is gonna be really weird but like that face that like huh, face that kind of like you know that kind of like roll your eyes kind of shrug face before something really funny happens yeah. sure um and I, I i always i always laugh i think he's, he's a actor, yeah. very good comedic and physical actor um True. yeah that's the asterisk um where's sh- well, yeah hmm. 
Oh, I love the gadgets. That's what I've been trying to say for a little while. Um, one of the things I really, I really appreciate this film and onward. And I, you know, there's always been gadgets in this franchise, but I'm really glad that this film didn't abandon the gadgets because you could have, right? This, both, both the Bourne films and and Casino Royale, which came out before this, did not have gadgets. Uh, controversially, in the in the in, in Casino Royale. So you could have had like a oh we're not gadgets aren't cool anymore and I'm so happy they were like no 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 cool gadgets yeah again like like we were talking about earlier like it was like edge we were like an edge fest and then, yeah. and then it's like yeah what if we just had like a cool spy movie again and I don't just don't think the audience has really wanted it at the time but like yeah like I love I love that we just keep going forward like no we are a franchise about gadgets like mm-hmm. yeah. Mission Impossible that's what, well, we have ripping masks off baby that's what we do in many ways I think Mission Impossible three lasts and does better over time by not going with the trend yes and instead resisting it and giving you classic spy and it's funny because the movies kind of real quick but they they kind of do turn into that with mccory but they still keep the cool spy shit they just turn into dope action movies as well so like everybody wins in, in this franchise really right mm-hmm. i just want to say i love the hell i was gonna say i love the helicopter scene the chase mm. through the wedge farm. I thought that was really effective. Yeah. Oh, there's a great scene where he does like like a like a big flippy flip to avoid a missile. I'm like, that's some good piloting. Yeah, Irish man. Yeah, I saw that in the A team also. Speaking <laughs> speaking of the secret gadgets, I just really like some of the spy stuff we get even early on. Like the call for him is, uh, you know, we've got this all expenses paid travel deal coming up, and he's like, yeah. oh shit. Uh, or, and then the um, the Kodak camera. Yeah, yeah, I. L- I always love how every time it's like this messes with self-destructor, it's just like you see the smoke fly up and it's just you hear like this little and like the smoke comes up. I, I mean, we'll talk I really, about I really like how sorry, Ben, real quickly. Um, I really like how the IMF agency looks in this. I kind of miss this. We don't really get this look for the IMF agency again. Um, and I, I really I really kind of miss this look. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll just spotlight a couple of other notes real quick. Uh, this was one, um, Tom, another really strong performance moment for Tom Cruise is the, um, it's, it's a little, it's a little long of a scene, I'll be honest, but I don't mind it, which is the scene where he's struggling not to tell Julia the truth. Oh yes. Um, right before they get married. Yeah. 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 And she, she's like, you know, just make me believe this is real. Um, and when he's just like the amount of emotions you watch go through his face, as he wants to tell her the, the million things he and wants the, to say. Yes. Yes. And like, you can really feel it and you can really see it. And you just like, have to trust me. Credit to Tom Cruise. I think it's a good performance. I yeah. think that's, that really, really works. True. True. Um, sure. It's an excellent score. We already brought up Michael Giacchino. Um, he intersperses the theme throughout the movie. I think he does a really good job. I think he perfects it in the next, in the next one. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm really yeah. glad that he's here doing it. There's horns so, are blazing, dude. I love it. I love, I love, I love it. Um, I really, like that we get more info on how they make masks. I feel like we get more kind of an insight into mask technology in each film. And we mm-hmm. get like the kind of making process at this point, which was the kind of iterations fun. of them and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the, I re- whenever Tom Cruise can just like sprint on a set, I'm really into it. So I love the shot when he was escaping and it like, and it like pans out and over and you just follow him running through Shanghai. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's a really good shot. They use the location. This well. this was the movie that started the Tom Cruise running memes because yeah. man, he does sure he does run a lot in this one. He does. Um, and he's got I, such a good running pose. He does. 
the, yeah. we've touched on it a bit, but the entirety of the bridge scene, I think, is brilliant. Yeah. Luther and Ethan trying to protect civilians that are on the bridge. Yep. The way that they come down and get Davian out, the effort that you're watching Ethan put in to try and keep Ethan, Davian stuck there and with the drone in action as well. I think it's all just really well orchestrated. Yeah, I, no matter, even in like the worst movies... A, a a cool like um caravan heist i always love like i think of i think of x-men the last stand and those about to bring the, that up the too, magneto yeah. scene and how yeah. that movie's not great but that's a dope that's a, that's dope, a dope scene uh, where he just uh, gets a mystique out of there and i'm like hell yeah caravan um, i really like how i really like the breaking into the vatican moment i want to oh, showcase i want to highlight that because i think i think jj abrams shoots the uh, like the the heist moments really well and so like when we see we see Tom Cruise like run up the Vatican wall and do that spin and like do some gadget stuff. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I want to highlight that too. That actually just like the whole, the whole way of them pulling off this, like this kidnapping heist, essentially just like Tom Cruise getting into the Vatican. And then when he gets over the wall, you see him dressed as a priest with his, his Bible and just the constant costume changes he goes through. It's like, man, I love when spy movies do this. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really like how I don't think I like how Julia kills Billy Crudup's character. I don't get it. I don't think. What do you mean you don't get it? It's just so abrupt. It's just that Billy Crudup shows up. He he gets shot and dies. And then it's just over. And like there was really no resolution there. It just feels a little. uh, It feels a little. uh, I don't know. Disappointing, I guess, of an ending. I I don't think I feel that. I I don't know what resolution I would want with Crudup. It's you know like Ethan's like got all he needed out of that. Um I just I don't I feel like the Hoffman is the bigger thing and the taking out of Hoffman is the bigger deal. And Crudup is like while it is like a big deal for him, you know, like to be revealed as the traitor and everything. Like once that's done, like Crudup's role in the film is kind of like but now we're done. Like, it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, just he needs to be, he either needs to be captured or he needs to be taken out. And I, I don't mind that she does it. I like that she has a moment where she has to defend them both. I think that's really nice that Julia has this moment where she's given um, the power in the situation while he's unconscious. Oh, um, sure, I like that I moment, really too. And I don't mind that Billy Crudup suffers from it. Yeah. Um, I really like when Ethan wakes up and he's like, you did that. Yeah. Good job. Oh, like, oh, oh this, yeah. Like, doesn't she have to, like, shock him alive because of yeah. the brain? No, she, shock, she shocked him to death to, and that put him out. Yes. And she's uh, doing the, like, pounding on his chest That's to bring right. him back. The pow. Yeah. 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 That's, um, the, that's cr- the moment I highlighted. Don't forget the off. Yeah, uh, when yeah, yeah. when Crudup uh, does reveal himself as the traitor, he has this whole little speech about um, war profiteering, essentially, and like how America will swoop in when a nation is on its uh, and it'll do what it does best. Yep, yep, yep. Democracy wins, which I think is just goddamn. It's a pretty good line. Yeah, um, it it's, it's real slimy, real gross. Yep, yep. And Crudup does a good job delivering it. Um, yeah, and then uh, my last note on here that I have is um, I really. I really like that we never need to know what the rabbit's foot is. Yeah, I I do I could not care less. I actually love that like they never explain it. We never see we never really see it. It's just a thing. I love like, that I love that there's a Mission Impossible movie where it's like you know there's a thing, but it doesn't matter what the thing yeah, is. Yes, because at the end of the day, it never really matters yeah. most of the time, honestly. Uh okay. Let's rate it. Uh Ben, why don't you go Let's first? Rate it. I will give it an eight point five. 
8.5. Ryan or Sparks? I will give it an 8.0 out of 10. Sparks? Yeah, solid 9. Yeah, I'll go with an 8.5. I really like this movie. Love it. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, the fourth entry in the franchise. Did you see how fancy he was with the logo? <laughs> Came out and you make me self conscious today, Sparks. <laughs> um, I have to host this show. You got to stop. <laughs> um, Coming come out in 2011. Uh, a couple years after the first, after the last one, directed by Brad Bird, written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Wenny. Uh, they were a writing duo. They wrote episodes of Alias and uh, uh, the two team, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that Michael Bay produced. Uh, they wrote those two, among other things. They have had a long career. But the alias connection is how they got this movie because J.J. Abrams was originally supposed to direct this before he backed out to do Star Trek. Oh, I didn't know he was going to come back. Okay, cool. Yeah, which is why he remains a producer on this one and the next two. That makes sense. That's why um, Gene Kino is still here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Gene Kino would work with Brad Bird at this point. Oh, you're incredible. You're right. You're, right. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Uh, this was Brad Bird's first live action film. Obviously, The Incredibles and uh, Iron Giant. Um, importantly though, Christopher McQuarrie did a script edit on this. Um, this is his first introduction to the franchise. So Christopher McQuarrie is not credited, uh, for this, but about halfway through production, he came on board and retooled the script. He himself has said that it was, all the pieces were there, uh, but it's not, but like, it just was in a different order. Um, so he, he, um, what the changes that he did are very important contextually for this discussion. Uh, Cruise, uh, Tom Cruise's backstory for this film and Jeremy Renner's backstory for this film were not connected at all. He connected them, made the couple that Jeremy Renner was following was Tom Cruise and Julia. That makes me care more about Jeremy Renner. <laughs> right. Um, he was also the one who said that Julia needs to be alive at the end of this movie. Um, because the reason is no matter what you do, if Ethan wins... I'm still sad because Julia is gone. Right. Yeah. So by revealing Julia to be alive, it wraps up both Jeremy Renner and Tom Cruise's arc in a really meaningful way and makes the audience very happy. Right. That's true. Um, because of how controversial Tom Cruise has become in between this and this and the third one, uh, Jeremy Renner was going to replace him uh, as the star of this franchise. Paramount was adamant about this, uh, but McQuarrie will never say this. He has never said this, but the uh, DP for this for this and the next film, Robert Ellswit, he confirmed that McQuarrie rewrote the ending so that Ethan didn't become the secretary and Jeremy Renner became the agent. And that was going to be the franchise from now on. Thank Christ. <laughs> Thank God. Oh the reason God. the reason is, Ben, because I know you don't know why Jeremy Renner is in this movie. Um, the reason is, is because coming off the Hurt Locker, Jerry Renner was hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's um, a great movie. He's good in that movie, too. So like, I get it. I've seen I get it. it. He was going to be he was going to replace Tom Cruise and Jason Bourne coming back around to this franchise. Don't don't breeze past that real quick. Ben's seen the Hurt Locker. Let's all just. <laughs> oh, all okay, for ben. Fair. <laughs> um, he was going. So uh, and he was going to replace Jason Bourne, Matt Damon with the Bourne legacy. Um, they were they were like hot on this band being franchise material. Um, they two franchises saved, which I is really why. What year did this come out again? 2011. And of course, you have uh, Avengers the following year. Yep. Right. Uh, and he had already done Thor this year. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, 2011 and he's uncredited for that one and 
Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter. That movie's, <laughs> actually, won. Yeah, that movie's fun. That movie's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's 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 basically most everything that you need to show going into this. The uncredited cameos for this movie are Tom Wilkinson, Bing Rames, and Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, uh, great. That is the that is the last time they use the uncredited cameos. That's a shame. <sighs> Initial thoughts? Yeah, Ben. Oh, I love this movie also. I actually like this more than MI3 because of not to go into a whole review of it, but just there's <clears> a lot of great character moments. And there's also this movie's funny. My favorite line it is like is on the tower. It's like, hey, your line's too short. No shit. <laughs> it's a good line. At me cackling. Uh, Ryan? Uh, if if this were the trajectory of the rest of the franchise, I would be so happy. Because this movie's incredible. This really is like I love what these movies become with McCory, but like they're like they're this this is like a this is just a, a, a banger from top to bottom. Uh it has my favorite like it's been a while since I've watched all these movies. Like I've only seen all from this on. I've only seen these movies in theaters once. Right. So like, I'm going to be visiting these for the second time. Uh, but like, this has my favorite spy scene in any of these movies with, with the giant fake wall. That's my favorite scene in any God, of these movies. That's so it's good. so ingenious and fun when multiple people show up. Like I never, I've never thought about something like that before. And it was just like, that seems believable and fun and something that like could exist in like a fake spy world. Uh, I think this movie is really fun. The villain's not as strong, but he's still really great. He's a, he's a really fun, like, Oh, the end of the world uh, rebuild society like I, i'm into it he's good enough um nuclear war always sucks you know metal gear talking that so like i love i love the the uh, the crew big crew think this is a banger hey sparks and thoughts uh i really really love this movie um i think this movie's very great it has one big problem to me and otherwise i think it's awesome and it's that being rames isn't in it enough true <laughs> true <laughs> so that's it yeah I would yeah, say that's uh, my negative of the movie too. <laughs> I I have two Ving Rames being one of them because I really like Ving Rames just in general in these movies, and it's a bummer to go from what I think is a very good Ving Rames uh, used movie to one where he's just an uncredited cameo. I I know the the issue was they couldn't differentiate him and Benji at this point, um, and that's fine. But my love of this movie is known. I adore this one. This one for up until now is my favorite. Um, but like Ryan, I only really saw these movies once in theaters. Um, and I just really held on to my to my like really initial love of this film. So I'm curious to know after we get to five and six, what yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really love this movie. The only thing the only real thing is I I kind of don't get a lot from the villain. I don't I know like his motivations really don't need to be much, but I. I like the actor. I like what we're seeing from the actor, and I kind of wish we had more. Yeah. There's one thing about the villain, just because I'm going to use this to just get us into it, um, which is that it's it's a it's a big re- like surprise. It is a surprise when it's revealed that it's not his right hand guy, but him himself, oh, which who went into the meeting and everything. Mm-hmm, right. And like, I kind of wish there was something about that that played off a little bit more later in the film about his his. Uh, desire to be personally involved and like that's kind of the only hint of true personality we get about him and then otherwise like it's not there yeah and i like that like because he has that guy that guy is there we see him later in the movie like he exists it's just you know interesting choice to reveal that it was him but we don't really develop on that yeah like why did you need to do that 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we also get like in the beginning, uh, he is, you know, he's the one who's taking the, the case and he's, you know, he's the one who really like throws the IMF team off the off off of the trail. That's uh, I do like that initial. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great bit, but we never really see him do stuff like that again. Yeah, he we he seems like a big super like like an evil super spy kind of guy. And then we learn he's like a professor, like an evil professor. And I'm yeah. like, oh, so he also is just like a cool spy on the on the side. <laughs> I have to be like specific about this, which is that I really like the location of the final showdown for him and Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't like it as like it just feels like this guy kind of just went to a location he couldn't quite escape from and that's why he gets busted and he his plan fails and i'm like oh you kind of went out like with a little bit of eh. yeah (laughs) like Um, it it just it's just a little bit of a he becomes radically less impressive he's also all of a sudden he's also one of those bad guys where like I don't think of him as the final physical confrontation bad guy for Ethan. Like yeah. he is more of the mental guy. So I was expecting Winstrom to kind of be the big final threat, which there is like a confrontation with a different character. But him like going toe to toe with Ethan, he shouldn't. Ethan Hunt's like a super spy, and this guy's had doubles his age, right? Like it does feel like he would have sent Winstrom with the case. Yes. And he would have gone and tried to like disrupt the signal. Yeah. Uh, stuff inside like that would have been his thing and he trusts Winstrom physically yes. to be better about taking the case yeah I agree with that yeah that's a really good point I hadn't really thought of that because I do really like the fight sequence in in the car park I think that's I think it's a really cool location and it's utilized really well but it is super weird cool. yeah. super when you, cool yeah and it is weird when you think about that this guy it shouldn't really be a match for Tom Cruise like no. he's Tom Cruise is getting beat. Yeah, he is. And this guy's like, again, like maybe not double his age, but he's like a like he's a he's a nuclear professor. And not a spy. And, and not, not a guy sp- who does this. Yeah, yeah. Like it is it is unusual because like Tom Ethan should have this easy. Yes. Yeah. Frankly. Like it, it's it's a little bewildering in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean this dude survived a car crash. Yeah, I can believe much more that he's the guy who's going in and pulling out the wires yeah. and like standing by with a gun to take out Paula oh, Patton. And, and if you and guys uh, don't notice, pay. this is the bad guy from John Wick One. Yes. Yeah. 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 I know. I recognized him. Um, I I I mentioned that I do miss Luther. We all miss Luther. I do like Ethan and Benji. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's a really cool relationship between the two of them in this one that is allowed to shine. Um specifically in the moment just before the coolest gadget ever, which is the wall. Mm. Excuse me. Um, he, uh, Benji is like really, like you can tell Benji is anxious about this and like going to go too soon. And you just see Tom like stop him and then like wordlessly, there's a lot of wordless Tom Cruise in this, um, like wordlessly like calms him. Like, it's okay. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's, I think that's a really good, good beat. Um, nope. Well, I was trying to say earlier um, when Ryan was talking about it, and I was chomping at the bit because I know there were cool gadgets in MI3, but the gadgets in Ghost Protocol are so much better. Dude, this movie, I, like, from top to bottom, so many gadgets. Like, the the whole fake wall thing was, I think, I was like, the second that thing popped out, I was like, why are they putting up a screen? I was like, oh, I was like, that is the coolest thing. And then when you get a moment when Simon Pegg's face just comes up <laughs> and you see his face, he goes, oh, shit. And he goes back down. Uh, yeah, I will tell you as a like visual gadget thing, I don't know that this has been topped yet yeah. in the franchise. 
like I'm trying to think of things from five and six, and I'm like, I don't think anything stands out as much as this particular thing does. Like I think the, this is like the defining, like incredible gadget sequence. Like the 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 sticky gloves too are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's so many there's so yeah. many excellent gadgets here. What was the I love the I love the just remember blue is glue red dead mm-hmm. <laughs> just so quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, even the the face like the the face mask creator because we see a new rendition of the mask creator and also poor Benji. He just wanted to wear a mask. He never yeah. did. He got a third arm, though. He did have a third arm. Oh, I love um, I love that that physical bit. Yeah, um, that, that I, I I really like this. Even though we get cool gadgets and stuff, I really like that this film pushes the team by having like tech that is failing them in in certain cases specifically like being the first mission impossible where like the masks just aren't going to work yeah we're not going to do it we gotta cut it um and i think that's really nice it it, it felt refreshing at the time and and it still does and it's such a tense scene when they realize that like this double fake meeting that they put on that both masks are not going to work so they just have to go in hoping that both parties don't know who each other are yeah and they have to listen to the conversation to repeat it yes. so they have a, and it's just like it's so well written it's so well edited and directed mm-hmm. and i love it and like leia say is like the female assassin mm-hmm. i love her she's from like death stranding and a bunch of french films who are more important than death stranding but like <laughs> it just it's such a great cast the bad guy's like uh winstrom like he doesn't have a lot to do but i think he's like an imposing guy like it's all Ooh. good speaking of the the gadget stuff um the the very excellent bit where um sawyer from lost is falling off the roof at the top and he throws down the the thing and turns up and shoots as he lands on the inflatable pad that he threw down amazing we are so lucky that bradberg got to make his spy movie after making the incredibles because like he has so much good spy undertone stuff in there and so the fact that not only did he get to come over here and do that but he got to do it with giacchino doing the music which is like oh num 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 a plus perfect giacchino came to this one to play yeah he had the score like emphasized to the max i will definitely say i heard the mission impossible theme a lot more throughout this movie than i have any others and i'm glad they still do like the like when um when they get uh ethan at prison and he looks uh, over stop, to jane stop, stop. no say your say your point first because i have a whole thing on that no i'm just talking about how i love the how you hear the mission impossible theme throughout the entire film uh the before before you go brandon just on terms of the theme what i think is so cool is because like we we've recently watched all these movies so i don't i don't feel like any of the others have have done as well and as many variations, variations on the theme mm. um that we get here from giacchino even giacchino in the previous one he started flirting with it i think there is one other variation on piano in the third one but otherwise like usually when we're hearing the theme we're hearing more or less the theme yeah um uh as you know like played a little differently but like here he he like he's bringing all his jazz he's jazzing it up he's doing all these different fun ways of including it excellent 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 score in his bag the opening is my favorite in the franchise. Me too. Just the just the the prison break sequence is excellently choreographed, um, excellently executed, and then the as Ben was beginning to allude to, just the light the fuse. I'm so into that. The best the best opening credits by far so far. Yes. Um, where we are getting glimpses of things in the movie, but never so much that it's ruining any of the details. It's like a trailer. As you are going through the prison with the fuse and Giacchino's just like he's popping off on yeah. that theme. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's so, so good. 
yeah. yeah. There's nothing but love. Like uh, the prison sequence is so well executed that quite literally by the time you get to the light, the fuse and the theme song, you're fist pumping in the air. At least I was like I was I was so pumped and like excited for the rest of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. One of the th- reasons why I love this movie so much, I will agree the villain is not after Philip Seymour Hoffman, the villain kind of falls flat. But the reason why I love this movie so much and also why I'll rate higher than MI3 is because of all the great character stuff that we get with not just with Ethan, but with Benji and with Jane, especially. And even uh, Brant, Jeremy Renner's character, um, going back to earlier, we mentioned um, Sparks's mom's comment about how Mission Impossible was always about a team. This is where we get a really I mean, maybe not a tight knit team, but a team nonetheless and a team no. who went to war with each other and kind came out of it on the other side to add to your point uh this mission impossible 3 is when we start to really see a change to where right. where the, the movies start to become more of an ensemble and that's exemplified here as we get again like in the next movie three returning cast members which is unheard of in this franchise mm-hmm. um at, up until this point because here there's only one returning cast member yeah yeah I, and also what i love about this movie is how you have what you constantly have questions and as the movie is progressing some answer you are given answers you're not given the right answers per se but you're given answers and then that turns into more questions throughout the movie especially like my whole thing one of the things about with like long-standing franchises especially when they when they put in a big life event i.e in mi3 where ethan gets married to julia I was under the impression that, oh, great. Uh, I mean, there's got to be seven Mission Impossible movies. I can only imagine that his wife is nowhere to be seen. They're going to break him up off screen. It's gonna, it's gonna, I'm just like, for once, part of me just wants, like, just, can't we just have, like, a happy ending for once? Yeah. Just, just, just once. Just have, like, a happy, somewhat stable relationship of – or I don't know. I don't know what I want to be perfectly honest. Well, as I said, Christopher McQuarrie agrees with you because at the end of this yeah. movie, it's very important to him that Julia mm-hmm. is alive. Brad Bird mm-hmm. was like, that's buying being happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at because when we first get this and then you hear like, oh, they split up. I was like, oh, and then later on, it's like, hey, you get the whole um, like the heartbreaking scene with um, Brandt. I'm like, oh, Oh, no wonder. That's because I was was curious. It was like, why is Ethan in the Russian prison? This is weird. And just, yeah. I I, want to say, because before you go off of Renner, I want to say, like, watching this movie and having watched Renner be good to serviceable in a lot of things recently, uh, not just for the past couple of years, I'm like, oh, I remember why he was so hot after Hurt Locker. Like, I think he's good in this. Ryan and I I talked about this a bit, which is that Renner... I think does best when he's a secondary character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I, agree I, with that. I think he's good in this. I think his line, I think some of the emotional moments work for him. Um, and I, I think some of the comedy moments are very funny. Like when he's going to jump down that shaft, I think it's such good comedy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I was like a whole cast. I'm like, this is a great cast. Mm-hmm. Even um, when we, like when we first meet him, you like when he says, Oh, I'm an analyst and how, I love how he fooled because he fooled me. Obviously, he fooled me throughout the entire movie. I, I'm I'm watching this movie like this is Hawkeye. I know this guy. He's done some action stuff before. So I'm like, oh, so this is a movie where he's playing like kind of like the nerdy guy, the guy who is mm-hmm. in the field. And then you get to the scene in the hotel room with the assassin, and he instantly un- disassembles that guy's weapons. Like, oh no, you're not. You lying. 
you are right. really Grant. Well, like, even well, he is an analyst now. Now, now. right. But also, what I love because how it because how Renner even cemented the fact that he was just unsure of of being in the field was even when they're in the river, and he's like, "How did you know that turning the, on the flare and pushing the body away was going to draw their fire?" And he's just like, I don't know, "Just seemed like a good idea at the time." Well, he said, I, 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 I didn't think that they'd be thinking because, like, they're shooting. They're not thinking. They're, they're not scholars. scholars. They're not scholars. Yeah, they're mercenaries. Yeah. 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 And also the what I realized was the secretary in this movie is Carmine Falcone from Batman. The oh, yeah. Batman films. Yeah. Um, I really I really like the secretary scene because Ben just brought it up. Um, I really I really like that that moment together between him and the secretary. The first time we've met the secretary in yeah. these movies. And he gives a really impress. He gives a really good impression. Like the last thing he says, like Ethan, I want you to know, no matter what way this goes, I've always considered you a friend. And I was like, this is working for me. Like I'm kind of sad that this guy dies. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I really like the scene of like, yeah, we're initiating ghost protocol. You know, the IMS being disavowed. Like you're 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 done, buddy. If you happen to escape, right? Here's <laughs> yeah. a safe house and all your friends and resources and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's a that's a friend right there. I love that. Yeah. Uh, ben also mentioned, uh, started to mention in the Mission Impossible 3 uh, discussion that in this one, we, we get the this message will self-destruct, but it doesn't. And he has to go over and whack yeah. it. As of know. right now, that's my favorite one, because I mean, we had three movies where they, you know, they go kaput. But in this one where Ethan's just like, and it explodes. And I'm like, I mean, OK, this movie's funny. Like there's some genuinely good comedy moments. Like the no shit moment, like genuinely made me laugh out loud. What's uh, what's his Russian friend Bogdan? Bo- uh, Bogdan. I love Bogdan. Bogdan. That guy, the like the when, cop. When, and oh, yes, uh, uh, and there's like the, the like the Russian arms dealer guy too. Like yes. I love every small character that pops up. Like they're all great. Sergey, are you not Sergey? Are you not? Are you not Russian? <laughs> um, yeah. God. Okay, we need to highlight the cop real quick. I love the, the cop so cop. much, specifically uh, the bit where Ethan's on the window and and he's like, "Not a good idea." Oh <laughs> yeah, seems like one at the time. And then he does off. the belt bit and he goes down and he lands and they just have this moment where they both look at each other like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the cops just skyscraper him and then he's like. Grab his gun. He's like, "Oh shit!" He was like lighting a cigarette, and he's like, "The it's great." Yeah. You know what that cop reminds me a lot? Like this movie, I just realized because when I was watching, it's like this cop reminds me of someone. Who does he remind me of? He reminds me of Agent Sarazawa from Lupin the Third. Sure, absolutely. That is how it feels like him just chasing after him and all that stuff. And especially when he gets to the end, and he's like, "So we're on the same side," and he's like, "You wanted me to know that." Yeah. Hospital? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like uh I I, I really um I really love this the the big stunt in this film. The, this is the film that really like cemented the Tom Cruise do big stunt in these movies, which is the um the, the climbing the tower, uh the tallest building in the world, which they yeah. definitely were just like, how can I climb this? That shot that shot when he leans forward out of the window and turns and the camera follows him out onto the building 
so I, good. Brad Bird's so good. Dude, 150 guys. stories up, like, give me a break. Yo, I don't have a fear of heights, but that one kind of scared me, to be totally and, honest. And the joke that when he, when he, because his thing breaks, and so he throws it, and then he walks back, it gets it back up there, and it's up there, just stick it in the wind. Glitching, and then it goes, yeah. and he's like, that, that'll shoot your confidence real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's going up, he's yeah, like, And then huh. he's got to kick the window. Oh god, it's such a good scene. Yeah, the tension, and then coming back down with with the thread, with the wheel thread. The wheel and thread. I, you know what I really love about that sequence is that you can tell where the camera is because he jumps over the camera, and I kind of really love that because it sells the realness of him running down this building. Right. Oh, dude, it's so sick. It's so yeah. awesome. I love this movie. I love Tom Cruise in these movies. Yeah, he. Yeah, he really. This is the one. Like the Mission Impossible movies have always been like his like production. Like I produce these movies, but like four is like. What if I wanted to die? For mm. movies. Yeah. And it, like he, this is also the one where they where he even has a thing where where uh I guess during behind the scenes sequence because his his leg break that the bad guy does to him was supposed to be like a, a career breaking leg leg break. And uh, Tom Cruise just goes, "No. Not for you. I'm not leaving." No. Not for <laughs> yeah. me. Brand no way, Jose. So, um, oh, I we didn't talk about Paula Patton, uh Jane. Yes. I love her. I love so, her. The I've been waiting forearms I've ever seen. There's one shot specifically where it's pure muscle. And I'm like, I've never seen someone that jacked in my life. Oh, my God. Ryan, I am head over heels in love with Paula Patton in this dude, movie. I, dude, she's one of the most beautiful people on the planet and she kicks ass. I'm genuinely she, so upset that she's not in the next one. For me, real. too. Yeah. I didn't know that she was the horde wife in Warcraft. I was about to bring this up. I was yeah, literally about to say Yeah, she's the this. orc wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Which, she's the best. I, so I I I I was wa- I've watched this movie twice in the, this past week and I'm just like, um, mommy, sorry, mommy, <laughs> sorry. For real, like I I try not to be too horny on Maine, as the kids like to say, but like Paula Patton truly is like stunning, stunning, and she's beating the shit out of people, uh, people, uh, and like, I'm just like I start feeling like the like the Indian guy, <laughs> like oh, please yeah. beat me, when, dude. When she slapped him. <laughs> Yeah, when she slapped him, everyone, like, we're all, like, joking around, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, I get it. No, I would do you. I get it. You can flip me over, Paula. It's fine. Even when she's talking to um, the Winston and what's in the the other guy who died, poor guy, um, I'm just like, damn, she's pulling it off. And then, like, of course, when she enters the party scene, I was like, Mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry, mommy. Uh, so she's so her name is Agent Carter. Fun fact: Haley Atwell, Agent Carter, will be in the few movies later. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I I really I I appreciate that she has an arc um, of wanting revenge for that mirrors Ethan's that we think because we don't actually know the true story of Ethan. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where and, it's supposed, and she's trying to connect it with him on that, and he's like. You don't we know can't. the whole story. <laughs> we, well, he says we can't get them back. Yeah. And yeah. like he's meaning that in the same way of like, well, his wife isn't dead. Yeah. He can't be with they her. They can't truly be together yeah. in this life. Yeah. I really liked her arc in this movie. I found it very compelling. Um, her fight with um, what's the girl's name? Leia Sadu. Leia Sadu, yeah. Um, is, is so good and like you get the moment where she like bursts in and it's like here watch her why me because I'll kill her if I do it because mm-hmm. she killed or, uh, uh, Agent Locke Sawyer yeah and like she, yeah. she and like she kicks her off the building which is an incredible moment yes or also even like the scene when she sees her like when she when uh, um, the, when 
the assassin lady walks out and there's Jane. She sees her. And she just runs after her, like us kind of hulking out in a way. I'm oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. She put the she put the devil in Leia Sudu in that moment because this yeah. hardened assassin was was rummaging for her keys. <laughs> <It's> true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she and no, here comes wrong. Jane just running down that hallway. I'm like, kick her ass. Yeah, like she's honestly, I was very good. I actually I was very shocked that um that she got kicked out the window. Although part of me had a feeling that the second they took that entire window plane off so Tom Cruise can go up the building to the server room, I'm like, someone's falling out of that window. I thought it was just going to be a random henchman, like one of the bodyguards. Nah, it was the assassin. And I'm like, check out oh, the window. Check out the window. The Kremlin, the Kremlin sequence where he pretends to be a general and then has a reversible jacket. Oh, man. I love I spy shit, y'all. This, these, watching these movies again, I'm like, oh, man, I really like spy shit. That's right. Like, I love Metal Gear. It's all, it's all coming back to me, man. It's so good. I love hey, it. remember when I said earlier I love how um, Tom Cruise constantly changes his outfit in MI3 from a priest to a not priest? Um, yeah, I actually love it how he's a general, tells people to close the gates and instantly puts on, and just takes off and is like Bruce Springsteen. I'm just like, that's oh, the funniest shit. And I, lo- I love it so much because it is fundamentally a different jacket. Yeah. Like yes. that, that uniform is, is form fitted, but that thing is poofy. <laughs> so like he just reverses it. He's just kind of just a completely different jacket on. And has, a, love, has like a tourist guide in front of him. Yeah. And not only that, when the cop sees him in the hospital and he pulls up the jacket revealing oh. the general star, I was like, oh, it bit him in the ass. Because you never see that in spy movies. You never yeah. do. You, it's, it's always like they either have a clean getaway or the cop just like, oh, I know it was you. I reckon or it was some some BS reason how the an antagonistic force recognizes our hero. And this time it's like, no, nah, I got you, man. You're a lot of A lot of the decisions in this movie were in direct response to people thinking the Mission Impossible franchise has gotten old hat uh, with three. So so like that's why the masks break and that's why the, the cop finds kids eaten like they are, uh, 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 you know, kind of they're trying to subvert expectations of what you think a Mission Impossible movie is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and I think honestly, it works. Yeah, they have to be down and dirty sometimes. They just have to use the skills that they have in front of them instead of like gadgets and stuff. Even though there are tons of gadgets in here. Yeah, they they're, they fail. Can sometimes. I can I tell you the sexiest gadget I've the sexiest gadget move I've ever seen in my life? Uh, for me is just when they're driving when they're driving to the server room and they're just like find me another way boom, boom, and boom. moves the HUD on the screen which oh, you're like yeah. that's sexy as hell. Um yeah. I, I would be remiss not to mention the very good red balloon uh, bit that goes up and drop and has the camera and drops mm. the device down the chimney. The sensor or whatever. Very it is. sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The whole Kremlin uh, break in is in- incredible. Like, I love mm-hmm. that whole sequence. No, like even when when uh, you also what I love about like MI3 and MI4 or Ghost Protocol is that there's always an operation like with Mission Impossible 3, the operation to get Philip Seymour Hoffman generally goes without a hitch. I mean, there's like a few bits more like when the security guard's coming into the bathroom and you and he has to do the mm, like the coughing fit mm-hmm. and getting inside the Kremlin. I mean, I love Simon Pegg in this movie. I abs- I'm so glad he's part of the team now. He and, he, and he's like trying to, you know, just like trying to calm his nerves down. And Tom Cruise is just like, dude, chill the F out. Yeah, it's very but good. when but when they get to the prize in the archive room and they find out that the tapes are gone and then you hear Cobalt over the mic over their frequency, mm. and I, I love how it goes from zero to oh shit 
in five seconds. Yeah, you you hear the voice, and it's like, go, go team, we're in the we're in the vault, and he's like, that's nobody on my team. Uh oh, that is mm-hmm. immediately. You're right; it goes so fast. He says, "Team leader, are you in the archive room?" Which yes. cues everyone to go like, "Oh shit, what's going on in the archive room?" Everyone's in the archive room. What do you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah, I just love that, and also the trailer shot with the sandstorm. I, I also love how the sandstorm iconic. Comes Iconic, the, him yeah. running out of the building in that sandstorm. Yeah, it's, um, and even the yeah. chase scene in the sandstorm because you you can't see shit. It's like it's a very, it's, awesome. it's a very cool scene. The only way that I can figure that guy could outrun Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> nature. Um, yeah, I really, I really like this movie. I don't think I have much else. Um, I do love the. Oh, this has my favorite. One of my favorite lines, which is literally, I know it doesn't really come to anything, but when Ethan gets the cake, first off, Ethan's a lunatic. And I love that the guy decides to kill himself thinking, oh, this guy's not a lunatic. And then (laughs) he gets in the car and drives off the car park to crash. Puts the seatbelt on. You know, Um, airbag's going on. Yeah. Even even he's kind of like, I guess I'm doing this. Um, But like, I love the I love the just like get the case mission. Accomplished. <laughs> I also uh, love how so good. I love how Luther gives some shit for it at the bar twenty minutes later. Yeah, did you really yeah. say mission accomplished? It's it's uh, it's a it's a it's obviously like a big trip of like you know having like the bomb like uh, uh be cut off right like one second, but like it's really really good of having the missile going and have having like three steps to get to the missile to to go off. Oh yeah, like, the you power know, of the feel, drives. The yeah, you need the drives, you need the power, and you need Ethan, and like you're waiting, you're waiting, and you're waiting. And then it works. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, like, what did they say it was? I was like, oh, it was just like a it was just like an unmanned vehicle. That it was crashed. a meteorite. It was a meteor. The meteorite. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Oh, yeah. I just I just remember. I just realized what this note says The I, I did. I brushed this over, but I wanted to highlight it just that extra bit the the jump into the server room in the in the place when ethan when um uh brant is kind of is like psyching himself i was like okay i could do this i can do this i can do this i'll catch you i could okay oh boy okay there we go all right uh and it goes on just it's just long enough honestly yeah. because like you're you're like getting really and by the time ethan is like jump and everyone and she breaks her hand it's so yeah. tense did you right. jump i jumped should yeah. I not have jumped? Yeah, that that whole sequence is really fun because that dude is just like this is just like being like levitated in midair, like running into things because of a little hover, little robot. Uh, I think it's really fun. I think my favorite thing is the release of tension being the gra- the, the 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 clutching on the finger too hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and that that's how you release the tension of that buildup in the scene, mm. and then you cut back to Renner, so you don't even know what happened with him yet. That's true. I yeah. think that's really really smart. This this film is filled with a lot of really smart choices. Brad Bird's just very good at. I think this is the first Mission Impossible that feels like just so detail oriented and thought about from top to bottom. Yes. Um, I've got a couple of notes that highlight that the the way that they do the subtitles when Ethan is waking up and it's oh, Russian and then awesome. you watch it fizzle into English. Um, I think that's very good. Uh, when he takes the paper clip from the nurse, they show a shot of her grabbing the papers and them all spilling all over the floor. Yep, yep. So the cop if he was paying attention, could have caught that, but he wasn't. Yeah. Um, they, they do a great job with that kind of thing. Um, the, 
there's this really incredible shot where um, you're in the in the uh, guy's like party palace at the end and um, the water fountain like shoots the water across and the camera follows from Ethan to reveal the cop yep. at the location to the other side. And I think that's just really, really well done. There's just a lot of really smart directing decisions done in this movie yeah. um, that fill it with personality. I don't have as many notes on this movie as I did on Mission Impossible Ooh. 3 because after a while I was just kind of sitting there going like I would just keep writing I love this. Uh trying to get on the train. Oh yeah. Oh. The, <laughs> put your face in. Pull like, trying to avoid the poles and get the, the feels, ice scanner going. It feels so natural cuz they're like okay 47 47 so, oh shit and they just like run the other way. Yeah. Uh yeah, I love that. I love that sequence. Honestly, like I love Everything about this movie, every sequence is awesome. Every, every all the gadgets are so much fun. I, I really like this movie. Again, like if it, it, it's there's like another world where like Brad Bird like actually like made a bunch of stuff instead of just like I don't know what he makes what he does anymore besides like randomly work on Obi Wan Kenobi for no reason. Um, where he made like the next four Mission Impossible movies and they are all like like this again like I love the next movies but like of this kind of like particular tone of being like really funny but still action and dramatic because i think they become a little more dramatic with mccory which again is not a bad thing whatsoever but the tone of this movie specifically i really really like um and like and i there's a world where like bad bird made two more of these that i really love to have seen yeah yeah this this one really set while they do change it a little bit in the next two as ryan has been been saying like this one really set the template though this was like mission is back this is what mission is and we're going forward. So much of what we know of the next few movies came from this movie, yep, right. uh, specifically the crazy stuns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, shall we rate it? Yes, I shall give it a nine out of ten. Ben? Oh, I'll definitely give it a nine point five out of ten. I had a blast with this movie. Sparks? Yeah, I'll give it a nine. Um, I I think that it's very, very good. I think um, the only thing that holds it back is is not having Bing Rames in more of the movie and a uh, mishandled, I think, villain character yeah. um, mm-hmm. for what it's trying to do. I think just, again, like once we said it out loud and it's like it would make much more sense for Winstrom to have taken the case, I'm like, it would make much more sense. Like, that's just weird. Um, it, it I do feel like it just... Uh, kind of fumbles the ball with the villain a little bit yeah i will give it i was hovering i'm hovering around a nine because i feel like i should give it a nine but i really like this movie so i'm gonna give it a 9.5 like i i have a really great time with this one this one is is just so much fun and i love rewatching the sequences and i am in love with paula Patton. yeah um it's true. Just, I, I I forgot how how uh, just all oh, stunning person she is from from acting and kicking ass and looking looking very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Shall we get into a book club then? Uh, real quick, because I think I just want to kind of gauge this. I think we're all the same, and I think it's going to change the next time we talk about Mission Impossible, and we'll be different. But does everybody think they have? We collectively probably rank these films the same. I don't know. Is it four, three, one, two for everyone? Oh, you mean from so far? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think once five and six are in the mix, we're all going to get a little different. Yes. But now I think right now we all agree four is the best. Yes. Three then comes, then one and two is at the bottom. 100%. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, if you look at my letterbox, that is what it is. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right. Shall we get into a book club? 